get here and want a creative job. There are hundreds of jobs that will pay you to think, solve, make, create and design. In How Did I Get Here, I speak to entrepreneurs, leaders, trendsetters and trailblazers in some of the world's most desirable jobs and ask them, how did you get here? Today I'm speaking with Matt Miller, or Mills as he likes to be known. Um, Mills is the co-founder of Us2, which creates digital product services and businesses. The Us2 website states, we team up with companies to make meaningful digital experiences, or simpler still, we make things to change things. Us2 has been thrust into the spotlight with their exceptionally popular mobile game, Monument Valley, which achieved huge critical acclaim and ended up actually featuring in the popular Netflix show, House of Cards. Mills now runs the adventure floor of Us2, which is an exciting feature. It's basically an incubator that invites small businesses to work in Us2 studios and utilize the skills and expertise of others that are doing the same, as well as receiving potential investment from Us2. Us2 also has a client-facing side to their business, which creates digital products and services for clients, including Ford, Android Wear, Harvey Nichols, Nike, Adidas, BMW, Sony, Sky, and Google. Some pretty big names there, and that's just a few of them. Uh, in fact, they made the seductively slick Harvey Nichols Rewards app, which was the subject of the Shoplifters campaign, uh, which uh, received huge critical acclaim uh, that was made by Adam and Eve DDB. Mills has also recently undertaken the challenge to run an ultra marathon by his 40th birthday. That's 62 miles, so that's quite a long way. Um, he's also very, very vocal on Medium, and he also runs uh, his own podcast, which I recommend checking out. Um, there's a few posts from Mills on Medium which kind of give you a pretty good insight into his character, which uh, actually could be good to, to read before you listen to this. Um, Mills likes to wear shorts all of the time, um, even to a meeting that he had at 10 Downing Street. Uh, he's, he's definitely an interesting character, so I'm going to shut up now. And I hope you enjoy my interview with Mills. You're Matt Mills. Yeah. We're at Us2, um, and I'm talking to you for Once a Creative Job. Nice. I didn't even know what it was we were going to talk about, so that's good. Yeah. Well, it's, so it's, uh, it's, pr it's a pretty informal website that right. um, I've been chipping away at. Um, I started it with like just speaking to a few mates that worked in my industry and just kind of went, what do you wish someone had told you when you were trying to get in? Brilliant. Did that and then it sort of expanded now. So now I'm wanting to blow it out and speak to people that are doing all sorts of different things Fantastic. just to create something or somewhere for people to go, which um, shows you all of the all of the things you can do and make a living from using your head and using ideas and like making stuff brilliant um and then speaking to people that do it and finding out how they how they did it and how they got into it that's basically what it is so um what like we i remember you mentioned before christmas when we had a quick chat yeah you felt that you there was a another kind of side to us too that you felt was soon to be born or you, you were still kind of working it out so could you just just tell me a little bit about us two what you guys do here yeah and almost like what what that feels like whatever that yeah. new venture is going to be for you <clears throat> yeah okay so i mean we started us two 15 years to give some sort of some context you know it's called us two because i started with my best mate uh sinks who we can see just over there 
which I very rarely see these days. So it's actually nice to be able to observe him, if, even if I can't talk to him. And, uh, you know, we set out to you know, naively, wonderfully naively to, to create a place of work that, you know, that we wanted to work in. You know, it's really important to us that, you know, we, well, we recognised that we were, you know, we were very passionate about the industry of design in general. And to honest, at that stage, we didn't really understand what design meant to us. It was just the idea. I think design always meant for us problem solving. So we wanted to solve problems. We didn't know what they were as such, but we believed we needed a base to, 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 to do that from. So we set out to create you know, a place that would attract like-minded people. Um, and the very heart of us to what I'm most proud of is it's about friendship. You know, two best mates who have known each other since 11 years old, you know, decide to, with, with no business experience, you know, are, you know, create a business just because we're passionate. And, um, you know, I think what we could offer in those days, and it certainly wasn't sort of big wages, was, was you know, a chance to belong to a, a group of individuals that were going to be very open and transparent and, and make mistakes along the way and, and be part of, of creating something hopefully incredible. Um, and it started as one little studio in London, a tiny little studio just around the corner from where we are right now, actually. And um, we never had any big visions beyond just wanting to do the work that was in front of us, really. And I think even to this day, you know, we still are, we're doers and sings myself. We're proud of being doers. We're we're less about talking and more about doing, you know. And um, we like, you know, we like solving problems no matter what they are. We're not really bothered by what problem it is as long as we can, you know, apply the, our design principles and our thinking to that. And I don't even know what those design principles are to be honest. Um, so fast forward, you know, to where we are today. And, um, you know, a lot happens in 15 years, you know, and, you know, at one point, you know, the studio business, the, the client service business, building products and services for, you know, big clients around the world is around about 300 people. And um, I think where we, where we pick up with you uh, a few months back was that, you know, we were going through a bit of a kind of, I say existential crisis, because that sounds like a good word, but I have no idea what that even means. But we were, you know, we were trying to understand, you know, what is us to, to the world internally, what is us to, and what is us to look like to you, for example, because, Along the way, while we were building our client product service studio, we also started releasing our own products and services. Uh, and that was the bit that I ran for many, many years, for about eight years. And when I say ran, you know, Sinks was running a business where there was 300 people delivering for our clients. And I was using the money we earned from that to release, you know, a series of entertaining sort of almost throwaway experiences, you know, on the App Store. And we released about 16 different sort of fairly zany and wacky and fairly useless things over those years. But ultimately, that learning, that success, successful failure uh, journey uh, led to us releasing a game called Monument Valley. And that, that game was extremely big. Um, you know, it was a premium game and it was a more of an experience than it was a game. But yet, you know, that one product or game or experience, you know, put us two on a map in a way that maybe 12 years of nonstop working away for our clients hadn't been able to do. So if, you know, all of a sudden to anyone who might have heard of us two, increasingly it was a game studio, although it wasn't a game studio, it was just a side project to us. Um, so, you know, we've had to, we've had to really reflect over the last few months about what is us two. And what we've come to understand it is as it's actually, us two is made up of three different businesses under the roof of, of us two. It's us two studios, the one we're sitting in today, where we you know, are focused on delivering the best 
um, products and services for big, big clients. Like that's what, if you work in the studios, you're passionate about solving problems with our clients. And we see that very much as a partnership. The part, and then we have uh, two other pillars, two other businesses, Us Two Games. So after the success of Monument Valley, we actually created a separate business called Us Two Games, which focuses primarily and exclusively on our own IP, our own businesses, our own products. We never, we don't work for other people. We only release stuff that we want to put out into the world. And that's about 30 people now down, mm -hmm. based down in South London in a place called Oval. And we also have, uh, more recently, we built uh, a company called Us Two Adventure. And that's our investment. That's our investment vehicle. That's where we deploy our, the cash that we earn from the other two businesses into new businesses because us to adventure is a bit that, you know, I, well, Justin now runs it, but I kind of overlook it. We support young businesses, young founders and young teams to give them, you know, all the learnings we've ever learned from building businesses to help them to grow. And, um, you know, we do that through the playground, which we, which is our kind of like our incubator, and we do that through giving cash, or we just do that through our network and just helping. Um, so, you know, we have an investment company, a game studio, and a client service studio, and those three parts make up us two. Now, if you go to our website, it's very difficult to actually ascertain that from that because you know, it's difficult running a big company and when you've got loads of people to try to actually put the right message out there. So that's something we're working on right now. So. In short, that's what it is. How you how you position yeah. and present your yourselves? It's difficult. Yeah. It's really difficult. Yeah. I think it's very. I think it's e It's often very. You know, we we solve problems for our clients. You know, all day, every day. But when you have to tr solve your own problems, it's it's very difficult. I think that's because you is, and you start to sort of understand. You know, why some of those clients can be difficult sometimes because you know when our clients are passionate about what they're doing and when they know everything about what they're doing, it's hard for them to sort of disseminate that back to us. And likewise, it's very difficult for us to really know how to how to put a message out that kind of says everything, but also says nothing. Anyway. Yeah. Or not too much. Or not too much. That's probably yeah. a better word. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think you can always get, get. I mean, I'm being particularly, uh, I'm being particularly good here in the way I'm trying to explain things in a very cohesive way, and that probably hasn't even come across. No, but it all makes sense. I tend to to be a fairly erratic in my way, which no, is you know, it's good. In short, I think you know, funny enough, actually, we we that was a that was a very simplified version of it. But actually, what we noticed is that the more simplified version is that us two, which is two founders, is split into two businesses. One is our, well, two passions, our client service side. Sinks is absolutely obsessed with solving problems for our clients. I'm not. I am absolutely obsessed by supporting um, young creatives to get into the creative space, young founders to build great businesses, and uh, to put our own opinions out into the world through our games. And that's the bit I'm super passionate about. And Sinks is passionate that I'm passionate about that, but he's not actually yeah. focused on that. So us two is kind of like, yeah, how we help others uh, and how well it's always how we help others but through different ways it's meant it's intentionally mad yeah but that's more fun like who wants to who wants to build up a business and then flog it to some fucking horrendous network and then turn into some corporate behemoth and um i never will never do that we'll never sell our business behemoth is a great word. yeah i know i don't even know what it means strong word. i was hoping you would mean it uh, is that a good word behemoth yeah um this is where i should you know i should have before i said that i should have been like made sure i knew the definition inside out no, I cannot repeat the definition. No, but I like the risk. But that's absolutely don't, the right. Don't place. worry about taking the risk. I mean, that's what we talked about before <laughs> we kind of started, isn't it? Just like, yeah. who cares? Just say it. Because um, actually, if I look back at what we tried to set out to do with us two, we actually purposely blurred the lines between, as you call it, business and leisure. You know, for us, we didn't see a difference between 
we had a passion for solving problems. And for me, that wasn't a work, go to work, shut off and have a life outside of work. For me and Sinks, it was intentionally blurred. And I, to this day, I still do that. I don't, I don't want to have a life that's separate from my passion of, of solving problems. I blur it. Now, relatability is something that I'm very, very driven to, to demonstrate. And I, I actually do that through, through quite sort of visual, uh, well, I say visual metaphors, I don't even know if that's the right word. I certainly don't know big words. But, you know, Sinks and myself, two best mates, have no business understanding, just have passion and care and are humble, have, don't really have an ego as such. We are driven to support others and to create a framework, a company that enables teams to deliver impactful um, missions. Now, I walk around wearing shorts. I walk around, um, you know, being sort of fairly loony, I, I try to, I speak my mind, I don't really think, I just talk. And I'm trying to demonstrate to, especially to young people that just be yourself. Like I turned up at 10 Downing Street the other day, which, you know, in itself is quite, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly my mum liked the fact I went there, but I didn't turn up in a suit. I didn't, I'm not gonna do that. I turned up wearing my shorts and my scally Nike top that, in fact, <laughs> exactly what I'm wearing now, ripped yeah. jeans, because I'm not going to, I don't want to try to appear to be someone I'm not. I'm not confident in wearing a suit. It doesn't doesn't say who I am. I'm going to be me, and I and I really feel passionately that people need to always be themselves. Now, for some people, they speak to me now. They say, "Well, that's okay, Mills. You can do that because you're Mills. You run this big company. I've done this from day one. I've always been me from day one. I never really understood the power of being me until recently. As in, but I was always doing that. And I I think what I love about adventure, our adventure floor, where we support and nurture young founders, especially young, and it's important for me to, you know, for they're, they're young, was actually, I love the energy young people have, and I'm not gonna shy away from that. What I love the most is when people who come in, and these are often founders that may have not have been sort of passed over by investors, or, or aren't given, you know, or are not given this time and energy because they don't fit the bill of a classic founder. When they sit on their floor, Often they'll look and observe me in sinks, just interacting with people. And they, they all, in fact, I don't say often, they always say, what surprises me, Mills, is that you and sinks are just normal people. There's so many young people's perception of the way you need to be is this kind of like fairly, in my opinion, horrendous archetypal boss. Fuck that, you know, keep that in or take it out. I don't know, but that's the way <laughs> I swear. You know, my wife hates it, I swear. But, you know, just be yourself, be a decent person. We've built a, 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 a a fantastically successful business out of making sure we're human beings and we support the human beings that bid there. So I'm really passionate about trying, I want people to be themselves. You know, I want, I don't want people to believe that they need to have this kind of false veneer when they turn up to work. You know, a lot of businesses intentionally say, leave your problems at the door and then come in. Well, that's just crazy. You know, it really is crazy. Like, it's not the way the mind works either, is it? Really? It's not the way the mind works, isn't it? You know, like, you know, we do these things called check-ins at the beginning of every meeting, whereby you just have a, a, a few seconds, as long as you want, to, to explain to everybody else whatever you want to explain about your current frame of mind. So I could be in a room where we're gonna be, you know, spending the next couple of hours trying to solve a problem. But at the same time, I might have been dumped on my wife the night before. Now, I don't have to let to say that, but I could just say, hey, guys and girls, I just want to know that I had a pretty hard night last night. We're going through a bit of a rough patch at home. If I sort of phase in and out and I don't look like I'm really concentrating, it's because I'm finding it really hard to deal with this at the moment, but I'm going to try my best. Just knowing that, if they let to say that, means that everyone kind of can 
can support one another in that room yeah. because it's very easy if you're sitting in a room to sort of think why is that person not paying attention get really angry inside you know oh they don't they don't care about this project so simple little things about being human beings we're human beings you cannot go to work and be a fake person yeah that's just crazy yeah it's so much effort as well isn't it i remember uh talking to someone years ago and they were saying oh, the best thing about a new company and a new job is you can choose whoever you want to be and that's fine and that's kind of that was their sort of thing but i just kind of went well i know that i've got so many weird little idiosyncrasies that it would just be too much effort like i just need to go in and be full weird from day one because there's be, so much effort hiding it all but it's full weird you know I mean? it's full weird you yeah yeah, yeah. so just be for you yeah, yeah. But it's an amazing how many people will turn up and, and not be themselves or feel they yeah. can't be themselves. And that's because often, you know, the businesses are not set up in a way to actually enable realness. You know, yeah. be real. That's one of our values that I actually remember. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not saying be Mills. It's saying be you. It's being be the person you want to be. And we'll, you know, our, our culture is better for knowing that we should embrace the differences of people, not trying yeah. to create the same type of culture, not hire people that are just in the vein of me and things, but actually different people that can kind of change my thinking. Well, it's great that you're, you're creating that here. I actually, it's um, very interesting. So I did some training recently at uh, Drum, it's called SDI training, right. which I've forgotten what that stands for. Do this multiple choice questionnaire, which I think I might have tried to game a little bit because it, it was like, I think I did because the result it basically told me so it's got this, it's a triangle it's like three points on a triangle one is people empathy one is um, results right. um, and then one is process and it told me that I was um, and that's like red red for results green is uh, green green is like objective quantifiable data information wow okay who is people empathy they told me i was like perfectly slap bang in the middle of the triangle with a tendency to drift towards red or green so results or information but i was like oh, what did you read into that did you did well, you, when I you i might have tried to game it because i think i was really <laughs> worried about being like pure red that's uh, the problem with those things i think you do i think you in you without even if you don't know you're doing you probably are trying hard to to come across yeah. as someone i think that's yeah, it's interesting. I, uh, well, look, I think with all these sort of these sort of uh, tests you can do, I think just take with a pinch of salt. You know, yeah. like that's it's interesting. You know, but it was good. I think what it really what some of the things that I that I read when I got my results, it was brilliant. I highly recommend it. But when I got my results and I was like, fucking hell, that is bang on. So it was like um, said about me that when I'm in a meeting with lots of people, uh, I tend I have a tendency to um, step back be quite quiet a lot of people do which that. a lot of people interpret as like I, i'm not in the room or i don't care but actually it's like i'm just trying to make sense of 10 different opinions and what they've all got in common and just make sense of that environment whereas i'm in that environment i'm quite stressed by it because i'm just like i don't know what this meeting's about I don't know why we're having it i don't know what everyone's agenda is what we're trying to achieve you know because i want this sort of information but mm. it's great yeah it's, well, it's great that there's a culture that you're setting up here that that embraces that well i think i think what you said then is brilliant i think it's a very i think that's something that's very important that young people especially are aware of because of that what you've just said then is something i relate to i'm very much like you i you know on the day-to-day -day, i'll be very loud and out there just because i like being a bit wacky but actually when i'm in a meeting with others i very much like to observe what other people are saying i really and sometimes you know people would think, oh, Mills is being a bit disinterested, but I'm, I'm not. And I, I remember with one of our, um, 
with uh, Marcus, who runs our Malmo studio, or did run our Malmo studio, he's very much like you and, and maybe like me. We're in a meeting, you know, he would literally say nothing. But at the end of it, when we go away, he's the one that somehow produces some amazing document that kind of, he's listened to everything. He hasn't really participated in that, in that particular time, but he's, he's, he's got all the information. So I think it's, I, th I would want young people to understand that there are different traits of people. There is no one style. Like you, it's very rare that you find someone who's, who's all in loud and is able to kind of actually properly listen <laughs> to, to everybody. And I think you want, what you want is a culture full of, of, a, of a range of people, but also a, you want awareness. So I know I go into a meeting and I'm aware of everybody and, I, and if I see someone's not really being involved I think of a way to try to get let's say in this case you or Marcus to get you involved in it because sometimes you might also not know how to get involved in it and I think the problem, that's where coaching comes in so we do a lot of coaching at our company whereby the coaches help our teams understand how to work together the problem you know one of the, dr the drivers of building us to was to build a place that was we had this sort of one mantra which is no egos no assholes just human and funny enough it was actually a kind of slight on the advertising world at the time because our observation of it was it was very egotistical now whether it was or not i don't know but i think this idea of like the creative director that was kind of the beholder of everything and the sort of archetypal usually a man in those days this 15 years ago you know, wearing a suit often was just so alien to us and I think we wanted to create a culture whereby, you know, teams understood the quite the quirks of each individual. Um, so yeah, so I think an actual bit of advice for 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 youngsters out there is just don't don't be afraid to be yourself. Don't think you have to be the loud one. Um, but but equally find a company. I think it's really important to find a company that actually understands that because I have to be honest. When I was building us two, I probably favoured the people that were the loud ones when I didn't actually know about this idea of you know I thought loud people making a real effort in the meetings are the ones who must be the ones who really care the most. I didn't really understand the difference between a sort of introvert and an extrovert. Now I do understand, and I think luckily the world is a lot more understandable about these different um, character traits. But um, you know, find a company that that you can really relate to that, that you feel is like home because otherwise you're gonna it's gonna be horrendous yeah been in an environment i think where none of that stuff is said none of it is explained none of it is even aired so it's like you all just have to come to the brainstorm and it is just like who can shout the loudest who can interrupt the most who can who can repeat the most points or yeah. build on the most things and but that's that's that. achieved because no one said what we're trying to achieve is X, contribute in your own unique way. And so ego comes into play mm. and everyone thinks that they have to say something or they've got to be the, the person that makes the, the wittiest or most interesting point. So I will, I mean, I would say there, and I'm very passionate about this, is that, you know, I may, and I'm very biased, but I cannot stand the concept of what you've just described there. And I know it does exist in many places mm. and I understand why it exists. But for me, that's, that's um, systematic of, um, of, a company that's not been set up right to understand how to get the most out of people. I mean, some people believe that, you know, I wouldn't want ego, you know, selfishness, like, it's just crazy. Well, anyway, you've just described it, well, I don't need to say it again, but I want, that is not the way I, do, I, believe, I believe or we believe that yeah. is the best to get, get, you know, to get the most out of like your projects. You know, you want to appreciate the other, you want to work with people you really trust. Now, that means a lot of works need to be done by those companies to actually make sure that team dynamics works well. And it's difficult in some companies, admittedly, if you're being constantly thrown into a 
if it's a big company, for example, and you're sort of resourced into a project where you may not know everybody else, you know, how do I think too many companies, and we've done our fair share of this, like just expect everyone to get on from the outset. I believe you need to do some sort of onboarding to that team to, to get them familiar with one another, to understand who is the sort of shyer one, who is the, you know, where are people's skills, how are we going to work together? I think that's not done enough. And it's, it's sad because, you know, people get affected by that and, you know, it, it alienates some people. And unfortunately, it favours the loud ones who aren't always the right people to be here to listen to at the time. Yeah. Anyway, that's my rant. No, it's good. Paint me a bit of a picture of us two. What what did you what did we do at work yesterday that you, that you can talk about? Actually, I mean, I could talk about everything. I mean, I'm in a position now where after 15 years of being very hands-on operationally, you know, I have, you know, we have we feel extremely comfortable and very excited by the fact that we've put you know leaders at the front that we support and we learn from at the you know running our three different businesses that I mentioned. And I think it's taken us that long. Now, I think as founders, now I come from that founder point of view, you know, I think it's very difficult to, to build a business where, in short, you're as quickly as possible trying to remove yourself from the business, which is hard because, you know, you, you're, I dare say you are the two most, well, in our case, the two most passionate people about business, but we're not the right people to, to operationally run the parts, certainly as they get bigger. So yesterday, you know, I'm in a position now, actually, and slightly ahead of Sinks, who still is very involved in the studios because he's very passionate about that, to have uh, kind of, to have kind of, to not, to have the time and the space to try to discover what it is I want. Now, one part, ironically, it's not ironic, it's positively ironic, is that, you know, I, I see a huge issue with creative career mobility, I call it that, or I heard someone else call it that, and I like it. You know, how, how do I get, my passion is helping people get better. I've always... I've never known it until now, but now I realise it. And I like to have one-on-one -on -one relationship. I like talking to you now. I like being able to sense that you get, you might be excited by this conversation. And I'm trying to, so yes, there was I do. I actually helped a young lad um, that I found on Twitter who had reached out to me, actually. It was quite sad in some ways that sort of, because I think this is, this shows a lot about our industry and the issues that kids who are trying to get into it have had sort of said that he had applied for an internship here and he had never heard back, which is really, really bad. You know, and I'm not afraid to say that, it frustrated me. So I spoke to our teams in, in London and I said, like, what happened here? This is a, a young kid that I know has kind of looked up to us two for many years and presumably had pl plucked up the courage to apply for an internship and yet he hadn't heard back a month later. Now, the excuse given and, you know, valid and not valid was that, you know, we had had incredible amount of people applying. Yeah. And unfortunately, because this has been a growing business for many years, there are still lots of systems we haven't put in place, simple systems, you know, an auto response that might just say to that person applying that, look, we're going to get, we know we're going to get a lot of people applying here, so we might not be able to get back to you. But, you know, here's a signpost to election progress or to your website that sort of says, you know, here's some more actionable information. Now, I, I felt a real, I felt a real, I felt bad about this kid who had reached out and I've actually now, so I yesterday got onto a stage where I'm now mentoring this kid within literally the last 48 hours. I've said, I will single-handedly mentor you. I'm not gonna solve your problems, but I will be there for you whenever you want me. And I started talking to him on WhatsApp because that's my preferred communication channel. And I plugged him into many people throughout my business and throughout the Twitter sphere to, to try to give him sort of a, a nudge as to how he can get into this creative space. Because this is a real issue for, for people. And, it's, and funny enough, this isn't, I say kids as a very sort of jovial way of refer, referencing people, but he's actually 28. 
he's tried to change his career. You know, he realised he wants to be a problem solver, but he's finding that difficult. How do you get into a career that kind of almost says you need experience to get into it? Yeah. That chicken, you know, you, you, this is what you're, why you've built your website. You know? And, you know, if, if you're not born into, you know, I dare say we, I, was, I know I was born into a, a family who appreciated design, who had friends who were designers. So the signpost for me, you know, from the very early age of parents understanding that there was a, there was a career in design and problem solving was, was, was easy for me to grapple. Now, um, you know, there's a lot of kids who don't have, who don't have families that understand design or don't have a network that can, they can kind of use to unlock is, it's crazy. So I, I, so yeah, yesterday I spent a day being very hyperactively excited about connecting him. And then later on, I, I had equally seen a young lady, young French lady who had kind of was desperate to get an internship at our Nordic studio. And I saw her talking online the other day about this. So I sort of reached out, you know, she had no idea that I was the founder of the business. So I don't make it very easy to know. I don't care that I'm the founder of the business. I care that I'm interested in her. And you know, I started going back and forth with her eventually on email, and and discovered that she, she had a, a you know, she was very passionate about marketing, games marketing. And I know that our game studio is looking for somebody who's got a passion for marketing. So I've connected those two, and I've tried to motivate them, uh, both the game studio to actually take someone seriously that's that's young, that's got a passion, and. Look, I don't, I've gone all over the place with this no, thing. Well, I, I basically, I, I'm, I, I find it very difficult not to try to problem solve on a small level. It's funny, some people comment to me, Mills, why didn't you try to build, no, I think what you're doing is brilliant, a platform that reaches a, wide, a very wide group of people. And I love supporting that through, for example, having this conversation with you. But personally, what I get my kicks from, where I get my energy that allows me to energize the rest of our company, is from helping individuals actually they're being very specific about so mentoring is something that i'm doing huge i'm working with creative mentor network right now to learn how to be a better mentor um so yeah that's what i did yesterday and now funny enough by the end of the day i felt like i was having a panic attack i was lying in bed <laughs> no but i really did i had too much coffee i drink too much coffee i'm very aware of burnout um, and yeah. i'm actually embracing the very notion of what it means to burn out um i'm going all in on you know my running as we've discussed before but by the end of the day, I, I could feel my chest kind of like fucking hell caving in. Yeah. But, I, but I wasn't worried about that because I, I know the signs of burnout. And what it really was was just sheer enthusiasm and passion for trying to help young people yeah. to get in. You know, there's something, you know it, that's why you've built a website. You're like, why would you give a shit about building that website if you didn't really care? Like seeing something, like this kid actually, the, the young lad had said to me, no one has ever, no one cares about me. You're, it means something that you're caring about me. And it's just fucking hell. Yeah. How do you replicate that? Now you replicate it by building your website, for example. Which, but anyway, I'm passionate about that. No, I, so that's I, what I did yesterday. Yeah. No, it sounds like a good day. I think, I, I get what you mean, because I think in the moment, um, it's a bit like adrenaline, isn't it? It's like <sighs> yes. adrenaline, you get so into it. And, um, just seem to have boundless energy, but actually it's exhausting. And then at the end of the day, you go, oh, God. It's like... But you, so you relate to that as well, that well, feeling. So I've got some creative students coming in to, to draw them on Thursday. I've got what I want to talk to them set uh, to the point where I've got kind of like the slide point I want to make. And then I've got notes. I know for a fact that I'll say double what I've prepared and Thursday night I'll be exhausted. But I suppose... Do you find, do you find that then when... Do you find that by giving there's you need a kind of an energy boost somewhere else like giving to it like that, that talk you want to give to these to these yeah. students is that going to take a lot out of you uh 
emotionally almost. Probably, like nothing that a, a decent night's sleep won't fix. But then it's good because it even selfishly helps you figure things out as well, I find. I almost do it as much for the fact that I can help people get into the creative industry a bit quicker. Yeah. Just by passing on all the mistakes and fuck ups that Laura and I have made. But also kind of helps me because I can kind of say things to a room, which is like a crackpot theory I've got. And then I'll just look at the room and just see if people are going, oh, you're fucking insane. Or people are going, yeah, that makes sense. And they go, all oh, right, maybe I'm not completely wrong about yeah. it. You know. can, I ask, can, I, sorry, can I ask why, why, why do you, um... actually, let me put this light on. Because I'm getting, I'm getting distracted by the fact there's no light. Uh, and that's the beauty, you can edit this out. Or you can keep it in, let's keep it raw and real. Why, why, why do you do what you do? Why are you doing this website? Uh, this platform, shall I say? That's a really good question. I don't know. I think um, Law and I have been working together for a long time. We came out of a creative advertising course, wanting to get a job in creative advertising, and came out with like a lot of a lot of momentum um, from the course, a lot of support from the lecturers, huge amounts of support from both of our families, financially, emotionally. Um, you know, rolled into a couple of apprenticeships and internships like worked our asses off worked really really like i think i lost maybe just because i didn't take good care of myself but i lost a stone in weight trying to get a job um, is that a good thing no not a good thing it was Wait. healthy weight i probably should not have lost oh right so it wasn't like you were like, a big boy and then smack, i was just smashing myself trying to get a job and then, admittedly didn't eat i probably could have just eaten an extra meal and i wouldn't have but and i just think it with all of that and that and, and we probably took us about 12 12 months before we were offered a job, I think. Wow. 18 months before we got offered. What were you doing that in there? How were you supporting yourself in that 12 uh, months? Well, we were paid like your placement wages. Right, okay. Which when we were doing it, it was about £950 a month. Oh, you, probably couldn't, you probably couldn't survive that now, could you? Well, I managed to make it work because I rented a two and a half bedroom flat with two other guys, three of us, and we only paid like £300 a month in rent. But right. we got really lucky. That kind of rent price is not, you can't do that anymore in London. And the, the placement apprenticeship wages have gone up a bit. Um, but I just think with all of that in place, it still took us 12, 18 months to get a job. And I couldn't have been coming from a place that was more supportive. Um, you know, even like my mum and dad would give me like I think 20, 30 quid a week just mm -hmm. to help me get through that. And I just think some people are coming in and they've got, they've got none of that in, in place. And I'm just like, I can't take any credit for getting into the industry and getting a job. I, I put it all on the people that were helping me, family and friends. And I can't imagine doing it now, having left, either not gone to higher education because you can't afford it because it's so expensive, or you've gone and you're now in three times the debt I'm in, and you've got to move to London where the rent prices are higher than they've ever been, and you haven't got any financial support, and your mum and dad are asking why you why are you not getting a real job. And it's just like the odds of anyone getting in is next to nothing. So Sad, I think that's why I'm doing it. Because I just think, you know, I don't pretend to be any kind of guru. I'm certainly not. not I've not been doing the job long enough to claim to be a guru. And I would never claim to be a guru anyway, because it's very egotistical. <laughs> but I just think I can, I can at least say, well, I fucked this up and I fucked that up. And I realise now, a few years down the line, I should have done more of this and less of this. And so I think that's why I'm doing it. And just because I think, I don't know. I, I hope it's changing because now, because of the internet, things like that. You can see people that are like making a living on YouTube and Instagram, and hopefully, 
if you're growing up now, if you're a teenager now, you can see that you don't have to go work in a bank or mm. not there's anything wrong with that, but there's loads of stuff you can do. But I still feel that when you're young and you're a bit insecure, you're a bit, you know, lacking confidence like I was, like a lot of people are, yep. you maybe just don't think about it. You just don't think, oh, anything that exists in the world, someone probably got paid to make it or made it out of pure enthusiasm and passion. And I could be that. I just don't mm. know if that always unlocks. It didn't unlock for me. I find that by accident that I can do what, what I do now. Mm. So I think I'm doing it just to create somewhere that's like, yes, you can. Here's loads of people doing it. Here's how they got into it. Uh, here's, here's people you can talk to that help you do it. You know, I just think, I don't know. There's, there's a Japanese concept called Ikigai that I'm a big fan of. It's always very pretentious to talk about. That's good. Asian concepts that you're a fan of. Well, as, it, as it makes it, I'm impressed that it's worked. But it's just basically, it's like these four intersecting circles and it's like, you love it, you're good at it. Um, someone will pay you to do it and the world needs it. And like, if you can hit in the middle of all four, you're, in dream you're probably gonna have a pretty happy life and you'll probably make a you know, decent living enough to be happy and comfortable. And I just think that's a that's like a one hour assembly you could do in schools. Mm. It would would seriously change the. Well, hopefully it would. I don't know. I mean, teenagers not always receptive to that's a good kind of point. Things. But I just think if someone had just done that with me, I wouldn't have needed to find out by accident that I can do this. Mm. I would have gone. Well, I kind of like making things, and I like writing things, and I like solving problems, and I like the idea of working with other people to solve problems and make things. But you, but you, this, but the, your platform is aimed. It seems like your platform is aimed at sort of graduates. It's grads, and then I think it's advice for grads that is useful because it's to use a really blanky term, always on because mm -hmm. it's like the industry changes. Creative, any creative industry, I say the industry, but yeah. any creative industry is changing all the time because the things you're making are for people and people's lives and the way they're interacting with like technology is always changing. It's very hard for educational institutes to keep up with that so it's kind of it's always on so it's, i'm hoping there's always going to be good relevant advice for young young people who want to do something creative um but also just people that have got no other choice like if you can't afford higher education it's it's not it's not an alternative to going to university but it's something it's mm -hmm. better than nothing it's better than having nothing and not having any idea where to start mm -hmm. and i'm not going to pretend that someone can read through the website read the interviews and go and know everything they need to know and what they know they've got a job, but it's like it's just something. It's a, it's a, it's a launch pad, isn't it? That's the plan. Well, I think I th it's good to hear that, and I think it is interesting. Like, well, I mean, I do a similar thing in many ways. I do it my way, but I, I do believe in you know. I guess like you, I was I was very lucky that I had sort of the upbringing I had, and I guess in some ways maybe that also makes me realise that I need to give back. It's important too because I I was lucky. You know, I know people who have hacked their way and got somewhere where it was hard, you know, and I cannot profess to say my life was hard. Now I took advantage of everything I was, every opportunity I had, and me and things have worked our ass off 15 years. However, now, you know, I, I think what I love about your platform is that it kind of gives people hope and it gives people, it's, it's a way of giving back and I like that. You know, I've always said, if, if anyone reaches out to me and can demonstrate to me that they've got a passion, then I'm gonna help them. And that's why, I, that's why I've learned recently is that I, I will go all in on somebody who is willing to demonstrate that they're gonna, that they put the energy and that they're grafting. And I think what you said was important to me. I think it's very important for young people, anyone to, it is hard work. Like there is no, there is no magic wand here. Like you've got to be passionate. I think, I only think the people who really want to achieve something in terms of our industry, 
um, have the right to be playing at the table. Now, the same, the problem is a lot of people who have got passion also have the network and everything around that. That's unfair. But you know, if we can, if we can uh, sort of make their feel, what's the word? Uh, level, level the playing field. That's the one. That's a hard one. That's that's no. Uh, Buddhist Zen there, but um, or whatever. But uh, if you can level the playing field, I think that's really important because the playing field has not been fair for a long time. So, you know, I think it's great if we can see more creative thinkers out there, hardworking, creative things, doers. Like I'm really passionate about doers, people who 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 can't not want to do things. And if we can guess, I guess, help signpost them to to allow that do to to, to actually fruit, then wicked. I don't even know if what I just said made any fucking sense, but I'm no, I'm no. glad you do what you do, and I think it's really important, and I think it's important for us to, you know, the, the the crazy thing is in many ways like you're doing an incredible thing. Like, how do we actually get kids or anyone to know about that website? And I guess you're in the world of advertising, so you know, if anyone can do it, you can. But like, how do we? You know, but how you know? How does someone stumble across? You know, how do we? Yeah. Because I think you know, I've definitely there are so many incredible people doing incredible things, and yet it's not making a dent. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, how do we get? How do we? How do you sort of highlight what you're doing? And yeah, I, I, like that's the current challenge because I think by the time, just I think the way the education system set up, not as anything wrong with it. I think there's a lot wrong with it. Well, yeah, no, it, yeah, but then I, to Anna's um, Anna's parents, they're both teachers. I talk to them quite a lot about stuff like this, and it's truly really hard because you've got to create a model that works for millions of mm, children. It's true, and it has to work for the brightest and the least bright, or at least deemed academically the brightest and least bright, or people that the school system really works for and people it doesn't quite work for. It has to sort of work for all of them. Yeah. Um, so that's really hard, like creating a, a model that works for millions of people of all, you know, on various spectrums of creativity, intelligence, you know, or they might be more hands-on, for example. But I think the, the thing is, is by the time you, because you have to do college now, compulsory kind of, you have to do an apprenticeship or six form. Or really, is that true? And by the time you get out with that, you've already sort of been funneled in a particular direction yeah. uh, based on maybe what you were already doing good at, what you were performing well in more than what you necessarily enjoyed. Yeah, oh, that, oh what, you're, you're probably fucked by them because... And what, and what you've been told is a good career, must have been really hard. Like, so a good test, do we? I'm going to put you on the spot now. Yeah. You could take, so I, I'll, I'll make up a metaphorical person. They've yeah. done, um, they've done uh, biology, math, and physics at A-level, uh, come out of A-levels and gone, just completely flipped and gone, well, I did that because I was told that was good to do, but actually, no, I want to make things for yeah. a living. Um, for some reason, they can't afford higher education. If you could put your brain into their body, what would be your rough plan? What's step one or step one to five or, it's a hard or one, whatever it? you can think of? Um, I mean, it's always difficult to like, you know, put, uh, the way I would approach it is obviously very different. It's based on everything that I've obviously been brought up to believe in. And um, look, I think, I think first I didn't actually listen to your question. So secondly, because I was too excited about answering it before and I forgot <laughs> to listen. But I think what you were saying is that, yeah, so they've got one set of skills, but actually that's not the skills they really want to apply in the real world. They want to be more doers, let's say, than theorists. That's not what you said, but it's kind of it. I think you need, you've got, fucking hell, you're young. You're probably not going to be thinking about it. It's like, with, you know, in the same way that I'm thinking now when I'm nearly 40, but... I would like to believe, I would like to remind that person that they've got one life and every day, you know, 
they need to maximize that. I would not want to see them going down a route where that is not happy. What makes you happy? Whatever it is that you think at the time is going to make you the happiest, I would follow that route. And that's why I actually had that advice. I had to give that advice to someone last night who asked about, do they go and get a normal job or do they follow, you know, where they can pay the bills uh, and, you know, be a, be a lawyer because they're legally trained or do they go follow their acting, their, their passion for acting where they're going to have to stay in this like bed sit sort of thing. But, you know, one day it might happen. And I guess my answer is really about, I don't know what to do, but I think you know, you know, what feels right to you. At the end of the day, you can only go with the decision. So I think you've got to follow your heart. You've got to follow, because I think you can always make whatever path you decide to go down, something you'll suddenly be looking down that path. And you'll make, if you're, a, if you're a person that's got a get go in them, then you're going to find ways to, you're going to go nearer towards where you're trying to get. If you go the way of the kind of standard job, the chances are you're not going to have the energy or the time to be thinking about this other path. So I think you've always got to go down the path of, of most resistance because I think that's actually where exciting life is. Um, life is too short to fucking take any, to do anything monotonous, anything that's kind of standard. Take the risks. If I, you, what I always say, and I am now 40, get fucking fit, right? And I, I, I rant about this all the time and I know young people don't listen to this because I never listened to it when people told me. Get really fit because at the end of the day, nothing matters at all other than your own fitness. It really doesn't. It's the catalyst for, for creativity. It's the catalyst for, for, sane, for saneness, for mental health. And if you have a body that you feel really fucking good about, if you have good, um, what's the word I fucking used yesterday? Uh, oh fuck, I can't remember, who cares? Once you have a, once you have a kind of a, a, a platform that is no, proper fucking health, you can do anything from it. You'll, you'll have boundless energy that will allow you to get through anything, you know. Don't chase the fucking money. Don't chase, you know, money comes as a consequence of doing something you really passionately love. And that means for many years, it may be you don't get paid that much, but one day I believe, you know, one day you'll get them. But look, money doesn't fucking solve anything. And that's, I know it's so cliche to say that, especially, you know, and you know, I guess if you haven't got it, you certainly got to assume that it does. It doesn't solve anything, you know, you've, You've got what solves, I think, happiness or full of a feeling of sense of purpose is doing something that you actually feel is is meaningful. So go the meaningful route. That is the longest answer that it's went good. fucking everywhere. That's a little bit of, that's, that's a self of health. But I do believe strongly in like, if you get fit, you're just, it is, I, I, you know, I spent 20 years building us to drinking every night alcohol. Like that was my sedative in many ways. That was my, that was my culture builder. That was my kind of, this is a way to kind of loosen up and just, and, and, you know, by and large it worked in many ways, but you know, for the last year I've spent going absolutely triple down on, on fitness and that fitness has fueled my enthusiasm for my work and my passion in a way that I had never experienced in my life. And I think if you're young, and this is the kids that I'm mentoring now, the young kids, I've said to them, I will mentor you left, right and centre, I'll be there for you 100%, I'll help you get into this industry, but only if you commit to getting fit. If you don't, if you're not willing to commit, and not everyone is, then I'm not willing to commit to you. So I'm, I believe in people who commit to fitness because I know that the truth serum is there if you follow it. It sounds wacky, it sounds hippie, but it's true. Commit to fit. Commit to fit. There we go. That's why you're a copywriter. There we go. I've always wanted to know, like you know, the you know the the copywriter and the art director, but they commit to fit. No, I like that. Do you want more coffee, by the way?
no, I think I'm. Um, you coffee up, I'm but that's the problem. I think that's what yesterday I noticed. Like, there's something about the coffee that is just so good. Once you embrace it, yeah, it was very nice. What? what um, well, I don't. That one's probably a, like a local cool one, you know, they're, trendy. Which I don't know, but I'm trying to get them to not. To, I want to. Um, I've realised now. Well, I found this kind of coffee company reached out to me the other day. Just two guys over in Wales who do this company called Brake Fluid. I assume they like motorbikes. So they sent me some coffee and it's beautiful. And they didn't just send me coffee, they sent me like a lovely package of like, you know, it was really nicely wrapped everything. And actually I bought a shitload of this hat and a load of other stuff for them because I was so excited by the fact they reached out to me. So I've just been like hyping the Brake Fluid every day. Like talking <laughs> about, I like, I, I want to give back to the world. I thought, you know what? I don't need to be paid to advertise other people. I can be the person I want to be. I have this real issue with the world where I don't think enough people understand, you know, sharing and sort of talking about something, hyping somebody else's product up. Most people just hype themselves up and don't think about the importance of sharing or of helping others. So I'm just going to spend every day just hyping up people who do great things. And at the very least, you know, I'm saying, fucking hell, I've got big studios who buy a lot of coffee. I'm like, Let's grow this guy's business. Like let's let's buy wholesale all these guys. But now, so what's that? Brake fluid. Brake fluid coffee. Brake fluid. There we coffee. go. I mean, I, I've been hyping it every day. Yeah. Now, you probably get. I was thinking today, like, can you overhype something? Can you ever get a brand that actually emails you said Mills? Can you kind of not? Can yeah. you not be pushed? I don't think that can happen, can it? But I'm trying. I'm, I'm just, getting there. Can you just tone down the uh, promotion? Yeah, I mean, do you? Th I mean, in your experience, have you ever had a client that says, "Don't make us too big." Uh, yeah, but it's only over if they can't fulfill it. If they don't have the, um, I see what you mean. Yes, the systems in place to fulfill it. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I've worked. Yeah, as someone that's been doing this job way longer than me would say, absolutely. I happen to have experienced that a few times. Yeah, like uh, car manufacturers where they basically do 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 a campaign and it's really, really successful and it actually results in complaints because people go to the garage to buy the car and there's not they there. don't have a car because they, they haven't manufactured enough cars. Fuck it. You know, funny enough, I went to buy a car the other day and uh, I've never really bought a car because I can't, I don't give the slightest shit about cars. And uh, I went, you know, I just assumed you could walk in a garage and buy a new car. And then he's like, yeah, of course you can buy it. Um, it will be delivered in seven months. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, it wasn't even a posh car. It was just a bloody Volvo. Uh, they were a bit of advertising for Volvo. <laughs> no, but it's like, so I'm not going to wait for seven months. I won't want that car in seven months. Now. If I don't have it right now, I'm the chance I won't want it. And luckily, I could buy the one that was like secondhand that was just on the parking lot. Anyway, that's boy. What do we need to get? What I'm, I'm worried that we're not giving the juice to these guys no, you, and girls. No, you would be... Um be surprised there's been some really good stuff um, i'm very surprised nothing comes out of my mouth that's usually <laughs> actionable no i think that the important thing to remember is it's really easy to forget so you've been you know building us two for 15 years it's really easy to forget when you've been doing like doing what you're doing for 15 years that what that, that um things that really aren't obvious to someone who's 18 feel painfully obvious to you you almost don't, wouldn't say them you'd be like oh, that's fucking stupid that's got everyone knows that but your um your context your mindset you're coming from has got 15 years of experience so there is like abundant value in what we've been talking about it won't feel like it to you it feel like you've just been ranting and and just no, uh, just saying that. utter shit but I, yeah, it's, there's been some really good stuff. It's crazy. It, what what disappoints me, or maybe doesn't disappoint me, because I don't actually know if it if it needs to disappoint. Because I don't know if it's not not true. But um, if everybody was like me and you and your partner and lots of other people I know, if everyone in the industry took it on themselves to mentor, let's say five people, it would be a joke. 
Like the power that we have, in you know, a positive power that we have to open, to do simple things like introduce somebody to somebody else, you know, to signpost somebody to go the right way. You know, if everyone built a bloody website you're like yours, the world would be a better place. It's like how there must be so many selfish creators who don't, or who just don't know the power that they actually have to to help others. It really frustrates me. Like that's why I keep thinking back to these two kids that you know, literally overnight, I can transform. And this is not like a like an ego thing. It's like. It's so simple what I did to these two young people. It didn't. It was no stress of my back. It actually made me feel really good. So I feel, you know, it boosted my own confidence. Just plugging them into a few people and just, just believing in them. Yeah. You know, they, they, imagine being this kid that says no one's, you know, he's got non-stop rejection letters because his portfolio is, you know, it's not as strong as others. He's learning. And no one gives him a chance. Like all some people just need is a little bit of a chance, a little bit, you know, they shouldn't be given it on a, I don't know what you give somebody to on a gold plate, but uh, it's crazy. Like I think what I love about your website is that you know people can listen, can learn, can read, and then you you know it will. They still need to have that hunger in them to go on. So you're giving them, you know, you're giving them a framework, you're giving them a, a one up, but they still got a long way to go. You know, because I think the best things happen for those who who really fucking struggle for it. You know, like I'm just coming back to, I think you, I mentioned Monument Valley last year, uh, last year, even though it was 10 minutes, 15 minutes ago. That was eight years of failure prior to that. Now everyone talk, it's so cliche to talk about failure these days, but for eight years in a row, 10 of us launched and launched and launched, launched and learned, you know, products and services to the world that by and large, no one gave the slightest shit about. We never gave up though. We, st- we believed so much in our, that we were learning and that every time we put something out, it reached a bit more, we learned a bit more, we improved, we didn't make the same mistakes again. And eventually, you know, we believed in, we created Monument Valley and it, it was hard work, eight years of nonstop hard work to get to something that ultimately was uh, was explosive. But I want, I do want, I think, if I think about what went wrong, and I'm gonna say, and I, I mean, not wrong in us two of the last few years, we believe so. I know you didn't ask me this question, but I, I feel it's like one of the questions I was. All right. Ask. Well, well, so I think. On. Well, I've got excited, Ben, about understanding the culture. We went too far in believing that, that on the culture side, where it's about giving everything to the people that work us. I feel very strongly about rewarding, incentivizing, um, and giving back to the people that make the effort us do. But I think what happened is we we almost went too far in giving, and forgot not completely at all, but that the real reason we're here is to deliver great work. That is, you know, us to exist to to solve problems. And you don't, you know, a great culture is actually, is the marriage of both of those things where the balance is right. Now we got it too, I think we've had it wrong for a few years where it's been too much just culture is everyone caring for one another all the time, which is important and not enough like drive and ambition. And I think that's because we were kind of, you know, the last few years, me and Sinks have kind of been experimenting with how a big company should be. And we're so desperate to make people feel happy and loved us too. But I feel really good in the last, I'd say six months, whereby we've we've brought back that remind, we've, we feel strong in our own, in our own self to say, us to exist for people that want to fucking work that arse off. Doesn't mean 24 hours and you're working every weekend and kill you, but it means, you know, you put the time and energy where you're going to get back loads as well. And I think I'm excited again. So I just want, I do want people, I want there to be a, a, an, a, a, an understanding that hard work breeds fucking great work. Yeah. It really, you know that, don't you? Like, I mean, it doesn't mean it's got to be, 
Yeah, I just do feel strong about that. Like, if you've got a passion about something, you want to go all in it. You can't help yourself, can you? We're very lucky to be in a career, in a in a creative space where we fucking love our work. Like, we we get a lot of energy from it, don't we? Yeah, I think yeah, it's one like wanting to work hard rather than feeling you you have to. You yes. don't want to be in an environment, do you, where if you leave it six o'clock people are like peering over their computers but no that's you horrible want to be in an environment that makes you want to work hard because you can see them the results the merits of doing that and hopefully if you're in that environment you actually you give a shit about what you're doing and if you don't not white. I think you said it exactly right, and I think that's it. We've recognised recently, you know, that funny you mentioned about that, that leaving at six and being a bit worried. I realised where things were going a little bit wrong at us two many years back when I myself, the founder of the business, the owner of the business, was struggling to work out how to get out at six thirty without feeling really guilty that everyone would be like, "Why is Mills leaving? What a joker!" I mean, I was like, "What? That's that's really bad." Yeah. Like, if I'm feeling that, what the fuck are others feeling? And we, you know, we. We 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 nailed that in the bud pretty quickly. But um, you're right. If you put, I mean, my dream, us too, and it's the dream of any business is if you get people who are passionate about the projects they're on, they are. You don't have to fucking tell them to work hard. They can't not work hard because they're so passionate about driving it. But if you get people on the wrong projects, or or you don't explain why we have to do a certain type of project properly to them, then you know why should they put their fucking? Like, why should they work really hard? But it's just again, it's communication. Like that's the bit. So one of the things that we've found really hard over the many years is how do you communicate to like 300, 400 people? Like how do you do it in a, in a human way? Mm. And certainly the right way not to do it is the way me and Sinks did it by not communicating. It's like oh, the best way to communicate is not to say anything. I mean, it's all in our heads, so we know what's going on. It must be in everyone else's, but bloody hell, it's hard. Um, so give me, um, you know, and don't name names, but give me an example of someone. They work at us too now, yep. and they're here, and they're adding massive value to the company on a daily basis. And at some point, they were just an email in your inbox, or they were just a tweet, or and they might not even have a strong portfolio. And fill in the middle. What what happened? What did they do? So you're saying that they now they are a game changer in the business. They're here. They're a game changer. They're coming. In, they're adding huge value for for us too. Yeah. But at some point, they were just an email in your inbox. Yes. What did they? What did they do specifically? What did they do in in that gap in the middle? Right. So they've already started working here. You're saying. Well, that's what I'm saying. Something made obviously made you go. I'll bring them in. And even if I even if it was. Yeah. In the early days of us two, we said, you know what, I'm really sorry, I can't pay you, but if you want to come in and yeah. what, like, absolutely, we'll give you a shot. Or maybe they did come in on an apprenticeship or an internship. Yeah, okay. Now, 2018, they're working here and they're having a huge impact on your business. Yes. What happened in the meantime? What well, I think I, I, I will use a perfect, I will actually name check somebody, and his name is Dem, and he's someone who now works at DeepMind, left recently from us two. He was spent. I think near enough, oh my God, I don't even know. He's like my favorite human, I don't even know. Let's just say five years, but I don't think it was that many years. He's 25 now, but he came out of college and he joined here. He is somebody that encompasses everything I believe in, in terms of he gives back, he cares for people, he inquires about everything. He always thinks about others before himself. Now, I'm proud to have been part of, I think hopefully shaping someone who already was definitely on the right way. He, he tells me that there was a time when I don't know if this is answered the question, by the way, but let's just go there. He tells me, and I know this because I was watching a talk the other day where he um, he said this, that when he first started, I had 
I had noticed apparently that he was feeling a bit down. Because uh, in passing, I talked to him and I said, how are you feeling? He said, oh, I'm a bit down about something. And apparently I canceled my meeting and I went and sat in a room with him. And I pulled up a chair, not dissimilar to the ones we're sitting in now. And I, I just spent half an hour listening to his story about what was wrong. And it is probably a family tragedy or something. I can't actually remember what it was. Um, I also don't know if this story is getting anywhere. But um, was it getting anywhere? I don't know. The point being that I think what's so good about him and what he exemplifies is someone who gives a shit, who is beyond the project itself. He cares about others. He, he, and even, so this day now, he's left, he's, he's at DeepMind now. I have a better relationship, if any way, now with him now that he's left us to than I did even when he was here. And he's still to this day, he's, well, he's supporting, I can see him on the Twitter sphere, he's supporting him. He gives time to anyone that reach out to him. He'll do a Skype call to anyone to help them, you know, a, a minor version of what you're doing on a big scale. Um, so where your question now, I'm actually thinking what your question is. I, you know, what, first of all, when they've, when they've, what's actually got me excited about the person in the first place is that they've shown an interest in our business and in maybe me or in someone that I know. You know, they're not gen there's no genericness in what they're doing. They have made this simple effort of actually caring about the thing that they're trying to get to. In me, that creates a spark. Someone's made an effort, I'm gonna make an effort. I should make an effort back. I don't wanna be one of these people that doesn't make the effort, so I can't not help back. And then throughout his, you know, his career at us two, he was always just wanting to help others. Like just I just think that is just so wonderful. Um and likewise, when we had a, we had really long conversations about, you know, should he leave us? Do should he not? Should he go and take this amazing opportunity at DeepMind? And I wasn't, you know, it would be very easy for me to try to coerce him to stay in many ways, but I didn't feel it was right. Actually, I think it, I, you know, I wasn't going to give an opinion because I think it's important for him. But I did make it very clear to him that I think that he knows what he gets at us to, and he doesn't know what he's going to get at DeepMind. I think life's too short to to wonder. So. You, know, you could argue that was crazy to lose one of our greatest people, but at the same time, I think you know, the world is better for him to learn about something he doesn't know about. Now, I don't know if that answered it, but you know, I I just think that it's I in my head, it's so simple to get a job. It's to be and this when I mentor people now, and I did this yesterday with the two people. I I was trying to give them advice as to how I think they should approach um, trying to get the jobs they want. And maybe that's cheating in some ways because I'm kind of telling them. And I wasn't, I was just saying, look, if I introduce you to people, make sure that if they help you, most of the time the people I'm introducing to are just don't want anything back other than maybe just a little comment that you feel that they feel that they've actually impacted you. So, like, you know, just say to them, Christ, you know, you've really helped me. Thank you very much. Thank you. A lot of people don't fucking understand simple things like gratitude. Um, you know, like this person that was trying to get this job at us two games, you know, I saw that the way they had replied to to our student manager, and it was great. I was really excited about it. But I said, look, when I talked to them a bit later on in the night, I sort of talked to them about why they really wanted this job. And they were told me about some of the videos they'd seen about that they'd seen about us two games was that really evoked a lot of memories in them and a lot of passions. And I said, Well, I don't doesn't strike me as you've actually what you're telling me now is not as passionate as about what you put in that email so why don't you go back now and fucking over deliver on on why you want this job like sh show a passion like how can how can you not be overcome with joy when you see somebody making more of an effort than you've ever seen trying to get something like i just that has not helped you answer at all but i just think just be 
just show you want that job, you care, show you care. If you show you care, I think if you're in the right environment, you're going to go far in that place. Um, that didn't really answer it at all. I find it, I find it really hard to express, myself, but I think I'm just so, I'm so, it frustrates me so much that people don't know quite a lot of simple things about how, you know, yeah, just, you know, funny with actually, maybe this is a kind of fucking, maybe this shows my actual need to fucking have my ego stroked a little bit. And maybe everyone I think has an ego. Let's not, but like you know, I'm, I'm I'm this other kid. I'm kind of saying like I will help you, uh, and they they weren't really. And I'll be your mentor. This is another one, and I'm like they weren't really seeming to. In my head, I'm like I uh, you know I'm I've kind of done quite a lot in my career. I built a pretty fucking big business in the area that exactly you want to get into, but you don't seem to be kind of latching on to me saying I'll be your mentor. Yeah, I don't know what. And I was, but you know what? Well, the amazing thing is, I was thinking, my God, I'm. This is going completely off tangent, by the way, but I like it. You can cut it out. But I suddenly realized that shit, everything that's in my head for the last 15 years is not in this kid's head. He actually doesn't know who I am. He doesn't know what type of person I am. He doesn't know how to talk to the boss of a huge company. He probably thinks that shit, you don't talk to the fucking boss of a big company in a sort of really jovial, friendly matter, which is the way I like it. So I actually wrote this big piece. It's on Medium now of like 36 things about Mills. That I want you to know, which is, includes some of the things I've achieved, but also just sort of frames who I am as a person. So I was really glad that I guess I have no idea why I told you that. No, I think I, I you think hopefully I've said something in there, but I just no, make I a fuck it, make an effort. So what I was saying there is making it, I made an effort to explain back to him why I think he should care about me. And I think that's what people, kids, anyone who wants to get a job needs to do. This is why I think you should care about me getting a job in your place because I am gonna fucking care like no other for, for the business and for the people and for the projects that your, that your business you know, has. So just, just don't be dead. That's why very basic things, and everyone will say this, but you know, write a simple small email, never a long email that just that, that plays to the fact that it's clearly obvious that they care about your business. Don't you, you know, it's crazy how many kids will still fucking put a standard email template with a changed name in it. That is weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you must well, see that it, a lot. Yeah, it's more of a carpet bomb thing. It doesn't work. Yeah. It's lazy. You can read it just a bit of a mile off. And yeah, no, I, I absolutely, absolutely agree. It's interesting because I did a podcast before um, Christmas with a guy called Mark Denton, who's... Um, started doing a long time ago now started doing the job that I do right and the industry is very different and just absolutely rocketed up through the ranks it's left that and then now he's a he's a director and a photographer and he kind of he does commercial stuff for brands and agencies right. but he's just obsessed with making things so every time he has like a stupid idea or something that amuses him, he just kind of finds a way to make it happen and, and film it or shoot it. Sounds like a great guy. I like it. He's yeah. got the JFDR attitude in him. But he um, he recommended a book which was how to win friends and influence people. I've never read I, it, but I heard of lots of people recommending yeah. it. And I read it a really long time ago. Um, for the for the purpose of me that will never read it and the audience who may never what can you summarize it in a very small like yeah, five words? It's one of those ones I think you've got to reread it a few times and read it like yearly probably oh, Christ, just okay. once a year or once every couple of years. But definitely when I read it when I was younger, it, it didn't sink in. But it's so blindingly simple in that you kind of go everyone 
everyone is the centre of their, not even in a selfish way, everyone's yeah. the centre of their own universe because they see the world 24 hours a day through two eyes and the world's six inches away from them. So everyone's always thinking about everything from their own perspective and how it affects them. Yeah. And, you know, the most, the most fascinating topic to anyone in the world is themselves. And he kind of goes, but when you know that, you, you suddenly, like, life is a lot simpler because you kind of go, whatever I want to do, achieve, make happen, get, in a completely non-manipulative way, if I just think about what, why, why that's good for the other person, or I find a way to make it good for the other person, or frame it so it's good for the other person. Ah, I know, I get this, but now Life is so, it's so simple, and I, I was, you know, I, I, went, I spoke to him, did the podcast, and I went away and I've reread it since, and it's actually sunk in. And it's, it's mad, because it's so obvious, but, but a lot of the best books, non-fiction, are painfully obvious, but they kind of tell you the things that you, everyone forgets, or you sort of claim that you're on, you're on the level you yeah, get, yeah. but then you sort of won't get it on the surface. But it's like so simple. So I um parked my car the other day and I scratched it. So I had to take it in to get the get the repair done. And the bloke was brilliant, really nice guy, and he repaired it and I got it back and there was like a little bit that he'd missed. And I was like I've missed that little bit. He's done an amazing job, but he's missed that bit. Good. So I was like, well I want him to don't want him to do that bit, but I don't really want to pay for it. I've already paid him. So I was like, and then I was like, so all I did was I just messaged him and said, you've done such an amazing job. I'm so grateful. Thanks so much. Um, I'm really keen to write an amazing review for you. Um, before I do that, there's just this little bit that you've missed. Is there any chance, you know, under the under the money I've already given you, you could just do that bit. And I promise you, if you ah. do, I will write an absolutely blinding review for you. And he said yes, and he did it. And it was really great of him. And I, I could have been a, such a bastard and been like, you fucking missed this bit, blah, blah, blah. And he might still have done it for free, but the odds of him doing it for free are infinitely higher when you go, well, what's in it for him? Why is he going to benefit? Because yeah. he wants to know how he'll benefit. But what's, what's, nice, way, like, but what's double nice about that is that I think there's something that I've realised recently, just how lovely it is to give credit where it's due. Like mm -hmm. The fact that you said to him, like, I think what you've done is amazing, that's fucking a lovely gift to give. Like, it's a simple gift. So I think that book, I can understand what it means now. I think it's, that's a very painfully obvious thing. In short, if someone wants to get a job, play to somebody's fucking, not their ego, but their, you know, if you, someone does a simple thing to me, like tweets, let's just say someone said, Mills Us Two is a fucking legend. Now, the chances are I'm gonna read that and probably be inquire as to who this person is. And it all sort of hit me in my head. So I'll probably, you know, on a very tangible way, uh, I, I will probably look on their bio and see who they are on their Twitter, yeah? And that, that image of their avatar, it would imprint in my head. Now, if they sort of say, I'm really, but if they go a bit further forward and they sort of say, um, you know, they, 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 they compliment something we've done, I'm, it's, gonna, it's gonna hit me. I'm gonna probably want, I'm gonna resonate with that person. And I'm more likely to bother to reach out to them and say, hey, Let's have a conversation about that. Just because they fucking given me a little bit of fuel, they've said, "Oh my god, you've actually done something." And not enough people in the world do that. This, this is what my point was early on. That didn't make very well. It's like not enough people fucking give credit to people. So if if I was a student now, I would be looking about who's doing the greatest work or work that really inspires me, genuinely inspires me, and then just be constantly fucking tweeting or about or Instagramming about how fucking good that thing or that company is. 
it will fucking reach the right people. And you'll get, when you have that interview, it's gonna fucking, you'll get the job. It's, it kind of is simple, so I'm guessing that's what that book is really about. So you, have you read it? Have you read? I have never. Uh, so I think you were, I've never read anything. I think you were unknowingly sort of describing that book, which is a which is probably over because it was written like nineteen twenty something. Oh right, I didn't know. I thought it was recent. Millions for the author and their estate, um, and you were sort of describing that book. So I, you know, I didn't didn't know that you knew that. So well done. Um, yeah, it was a guy called Mark Denton that recommended that. He's awesome. He's really really cool. Um, I'll send you his yeah, send me the podcast. Yeah, make, yeah, he just makes all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, so, on the note of books, is there a book that so you gave me, um, which I've read, which was brilliant, which was do do oh, the do yeah, uh, oh, was it do, do purpose was do it? purpose yeah. which was brilliant yeah really enjoyed that I've recommended that to a few people yeah. so thank you. Are there any other books that you find give you find you give away to people a lot? I have to say that was my first attempt at kind of like uh, sort of giving away books and I like the fact that I give that I felt genuine about giving it away because it was it's such a small book isn't it and it's kind of almost like a kid's book in many ways it's like you know each page is kind of like a fact in some way I, I have to embarrassingly but not even embarrassed I just I don't have the mind to be able to to read things I just I get distracted very quickly so I've, I've very rarely read any books so um, I, I tend to, I get more out of just having one-to-one -one conversations. So I would really recommend the Do Purpose book because I think the Do Purpose book, um, for me, just summarizes what we talked about earlier on, like follow your fucking heart. Yeah. Make sure that the work you're doing has an, has an impact. And don't stress too much about stuff. So I like that because I love everything about Do. It's, it's, um, David Hyatt is someone I massively look up for. He's in many ways he's the only he's one of the only heroes I've ever had, and I never realised that until literally until a few days ago because he just follows his heart, does things that don't exist out there, cares about people, is always giving back to to everyone else. And I think in you know in that respect, I think you know those books are kind of an embodiment of his and his company's values. So yeah, I, I, I think that one. If you're young, I think you redo purpose. I think you 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 jump you jump up the line a lot. Okay. Um, last thing you saw that made you think, "Fuck, that's clever." Last thing I saw that made me think, "Clever." Um, bloody hell! That that's probably why you send these questions in advance so people actually think. You can follow up on email if you want. Maybe you I need to follow up. No, yeah, maybe I need to. I'm just thinking of something. Shitting hell. Let's follow up because we were short yeah. on time. So I'll follow up on email if you if it comes to you. Yeah. Um, an obstacle, as quickly surmised as possible, that you wish someone had warned you about when you were starting. As in like a business thing. Business, moral? Uh, I think an obstacle is your own gut. I think if you're not necessarily taught to follow your gut and your instinct, uh, um, and I questioned in my own business, I think for many years when I when I feel like the business started to go a little bit wrong, it's when we, me and Sinks stopped following our gut and started you know, believing that we weren't right. I think you're always right like that gut feeling that you have when you do anything is always right and hopefully that is a gut feeling about positive things that you're feeling but um yeah don't don't doubt yourself also stop overthinking everything this is more from my own head i'm talking to myself here but it's impossible to save the world it's impossible to to 
do anything that kind of gets around the entire world. I think be be happy with something small, something near field. Um, you can. I spent 15 years desperately trying to make us do bigger and better, and it's just like you waste so much energy expanding on that. Like, yeah. And it can always be bigger. So it can always be bigger, exactly. Like, be, try to find a way of being happy with something that's, to, with making impact that's actually quite small. A big impact that's small is, is better than a massive impact. Well, it's not on scale. I just don't know how to do that bit. Yeah. Um, last one. What's your one paragraph idea for saving the world? I think mentorship is, it's not my idea, but I, I've really seen the power of mentorship. If everybody could, everyone that's actually in a place of some sort of, positive power and if they were able to give back to let's say five people and just help them and guide them in a way that me and you have talked about having our families at the very beginning doing that my god the world is a better place very good and what was that coffee we were enjoying that was uh well it wasn't actually coffee but i'm going to talk about break fluid coffee because that's my favorite coffee <laughs> a lovely two founder team yeah. in wales i keep saying wales i don't even know if it is wales um brands if you're listening we will promote your products for free yeah no we should and i will another product i will promote is my own jfdi cast which i do every day okay my own podcast i do every single day which i didn't do today but i'm gonna do straight after it because i'm doing your podcast cool. but i'm gonna promote your podcast on my podcast <laughs> today that is meta thank you very much Mills, pleasure, mate. pleasure mate Absolute thank you pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure.